Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests discussing instances of telepathy and psychic phenomena happening in dreams, the mysterious crop circle phenomenon, and what numerology suggests may be in store for the rest of this year and beyond. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. For the next couple hours, we are going to be talking about a subject that is extremely timely and extremely scary. It's called An Into the Fire. Robert Gleason has dedicated nearly 30 years to researching the threat of nuclear terrorism and the possibility of nuclear annihilation. He has been featured in the History Channel special Prophets of Doom, He's also had an extremely long and exceptionally successful career as an acquisitions editor in New York City Publishing. For the past 28-plus years, he's worked at Tor Forge Books, where he is an executive editor, and I should proudly say my editor for several of our books here at Coast to Coast. Robert Gleason, back on Coast to Coast. Hello there, Bob. Uh, George, it's great. Uh, it's great to be talking to you again. I'm looking forward to this, and I I got to tell you, I cannot think of a more timely time period to talk about this possibility and the dangers of a nuclear apocalypse than right now. These are scary times, Bob. Yeah, even now, like in Pakistan, that the, there there's been a half a dozen nuclear facilities that uh, the terrorists have gone in and blown them up. Uh, and, and in Pakistan, those facilities are very heavily uh, fortified you know, by the military. That people don't understand that our our facilities uh, are, are for our nuclear storage sites, the big nuclear plants. That they're they're uh, you know that they're secured by rent-a-cops. Uh, in some cases, elderly rent-a-cops. We don't have the military securing our bases like Pakistan. And Pakistan, as I said, had a half a dozen blown up. And if they do it there, they'll do it here. If you blow up a nuke facility, what happens? Oh, it's in, in my novel, Land Into the Fire, I, I dramatize that in considerable length. That There's a couple of different kinds of facilities. One is uh, one's a nuclear power plant, and the nuclear power plants have very little security. And one of the plants that I go in and I melt down is, a, is sort of like Indian Point, which is only 30 miles from... Uh, from New York City, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we learned from the Fukushima, Fukushima meltdown is it's it's shockingly easy to melt down a nuclear power plant. Uh, whereas in, in 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 my novel and into the fire, I have I do have some terrorists go into the control room and lift the the fuel rods up out of the cooling water, and then they burst into flame. And but but also that in in the United States, we don't know where to store the the, the nuclear waste, the spent fuel rods. So we we Build big pools around the around the um, interspersed throughout the nuclear power plants, and we just keep the the spent fuel rods, the nuclear waste, in these pools, which we have to have water constantly circling circulating to to cool them down. So all you have to do, if you want to melt down Indian Point, is just uh, blow up the cooling pumps, which is what happened at Fukushima. That the they uh, the, the the tsunami knocked out the the cooling pumps. So all the water that was cooling the rods, it all boiled away, and then everything burst into flames and went critical. Now that happens, you, you get, you're going to have a terminal 
radioactivity for 250,000 years. Now, we've got uh, some, they, Bob, we've got some people that will probably write us tonight and say, why are you giving the terrorists tips? They already know well, this. Oh, they had, they had a guy named uh, Abdul Qadir Khan, A.Q. Khan, who is the the father of the uh, the, the father of the Pakistani uh, nu- uh, nuclear weapons program, and he he taught them infinitely more than he created the program. He taught them infinitely more than I could yeah. ever teach them. D- didn't he also give the Iranians uh, new capabilities and the North Koreans? Every, yeah, he sold it to everybody, George. He sold it to the North Koreans, and the North Koreans aren't aren't even Muslim. Where is he now? Uh, he was in jail or under house arrest or something yeah, like that. He, he, he was under house arrest, but he's uh, you know acknowledged to be a hero of Pakistan. And wow, he, uh, he's they, they, they nothing 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 serious happened to him. He's really he's he's like one of the he's one of the national heroes over there. Bob, when you talk about nuclear terrorism, what are the possibilities that you're talking about? You just talked about taking over a nuke plant. A power plant. What else? Uh, the, one of the things I have in, uh, and into the fire that uh, I have some some terrorists nuke the State of the Union address. What's uh, scary about that is that you have everybody in the government. You have the entire government in the Capitol building, and I figure out how to get uh, my terrorists figure out how to get a nuke right under the doorstep of the Capitol building, and the uh, and you'll have to see you know whether they succeed in doing it. But if that happened, the, uh, you'd have no more government left. And in fact, uh, General Tommy Franks, who was the general in charge of, uh, of you know Operation Iraqi Freedom mm-hmm. back in 2003, when he retired, he gave a speech and he said his gravest fear would be that if there was a nuclear terrorist attack in the United States, it would be the end of our democratic government. That, for instance, in Germany, when they had the Reichstag fire, which was probably perpetrated by Hitler himself, that that became the pretext for uh, for for a military takeover of the, of, of of Germany uh that the uh, that these kinds of uh, Vladimir Putin got dictatorial control over Russia by uh, and it's pretty clear that the the KGB now the uh, FBS did it that they blew up four blocks of apartment com- complexes in three different cities including uh, including Moscow and that that became the the, the the great terror that that unleashed on uh, Russia. Russia uh, became the, the the basis for for uh, Putin assuming dictatorial power. And de- democracies are very fragile. Uh, republics are very fragile. We don't, you know, we take ours are the permanence of our government for granted. But that would probably be the the, the gravest single uh, consequence of a, of a nuclear terrorist attack. Bob, there was a Russian general, his last name was Lunev, who claims that there were suitcase nukes planted in the United States. Now, that was years ago. Nothing's hap- happened yet. But do terrorists or, 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 or does anybody have the capability of making a suitcase nuke? Yeah, it would be very heavy. You'd have to have some very heavy shoulder straps. We had, of course, a, 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 a backpack nuke called Davy Crockett back in the 50s. And, of course, we, we were capable of miniaturizing that stuff a lot more. Um, one of the problems with those things, and we quickly realized that with uh, Davy Crockett, the, the backpack nuke, that it, it's, it's very hard to control something like that. They're too small. You know that the uh, people could be selling your own troops could be selling them on the black market, and they realized as soon as they built some of these things 
the Pentagon realized they could not control them. And so it's, uh, the, it, yeah, it's a, that's a double-edged sword. That's a, that kind of nuke would be, you know, could be as much, a, much of a threat to you as it, is, as, as it would be to the, uh, you know, to the enemy. Would you even be able to detect if something like that was in the country? Uh, well, actually, the thing that's, and we're going to get a lot of phone calls. You know, I speak a lot on the subject. I've spoken at Harvard five times on the, su- on the subject of nuclear terrorism. And always, uh, we're going to get phone calls on this, but bomb-grade plutonium, bomb-grade highly enriched uranium, it gives off almost entirely alpha rays. That the, the, You have to have gamma rays, other kinds of rays. To, uh, for, for a, ra- a radiation detector to really pick it up. Now, you would want to have, you know, a little shielding. They, they've often said if you wanted to smuggle um, nuclear bomb fuel, plutonium or highly enriched uranium, you'd probably want to do it on a container ship. One way to do it would be inside a container ship filled with, uh, with toilets, and you could hide the bomb oh fuel God. in the toilet casing, and the porcelain would totally block any kind of radiation Jeez. that came out. But you can... It's it's not widely understood. You can pick up uh, bomb-grade plutonium or highly enriched uranium with your bare hands. Now, it would be hot, but the skin will block the alpha rays. If you have a cut on your hand and it gets into the bloodstream, you'll die. If you inhale it, you'll, you, you might die. The, the stuff will be poisonous, but the skin... Ought to block the, uh, the you, you could you could put some of it into your pocket and uh, walk through a, a, a you know an airport detector. We saw what happened during nine eleven. Tragically, we lost three thousand people. We've been watching the terrorism uh, in England over the past month and a half, two months, uh, where they've had three little episodes, but it has taken some lives. And what it does is it disrupts people more than anything. We're talking about something much bigger than that, aren't we? Yeah, the, among other things, that you get uh, you get a couple of nuclear terrorist attacks. If you know, if a country has two of these things, and, and they, these things they they don't leave any DNA, they don't leave fingerprints, and unless somebody was stupid enough to come out and admit they did it, in all likelihood. You wouldn't know who who set the nuke off. You would not know who nuked uh, Wall Street or the UN or whatever. The, the, so uh, you couldn't retaliate. The, who do you retaliate yeah, the, against? Uh, uh, William Cohn, who had been uh, one of Clinton's defense secretaries, wrote a very good novel called "In the Blink of an Eye," in which a nuke goes off in Savannah, Georgia, and and he traces because he was in he was a senator for thirty years and he was in the Defense Department. He traces in great detail all the machinations and contortions that the government has to go through trying to figure out who set the nuke, nuke off. And they really, they finally do at the end, but it's, 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 it's not like anything anybody thought. That would be a, a very, the, and the, the greatest likelihood would be that somebody took out Chicago or New York, New York City or something, you, in all likelihood you'd probably never find out who did it. Among other things, you would have to worry about an innocent nation getting framed. Right. Somebody creates a, right. a, the illusion that somebody else took them out, which which would which could, by the way, if it was done, if it was really done with really evil intent, that that actually could create a global Armageddon. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.